when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited. I have a great repeat guest. Her name is Jeanette Seibley, and she is with Seibco. And she's going to talk today about how to hire amazing employees. So, Jeanette, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm talking to you from Denver, and we got record heat right now. Ooh, nice. And uh, I just uh, moved into my new house, and we're getting thunderstorms, which my dog doesn't like, but my grass loves it. So, anyways, we're here today to talk about basically finding good employees, which we know is a challenge, especially in today's marketplace. But before we head there, I want to find out a little bit more about your origin story. So how did you go from being a bartender serving up drinks to being a management consultant serving up employees? Well, it started a long time ago when I my first job was in human resources. And then uh, a couple different companies with some big, huge challenges. And from there, I said, you know, I don't know if I want to keep going into companies that are having these big, huge challenges. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be more fun to, you know, be on the outside helping them work through it because you're more likely to actually get to the end result. And so 30 years ago next month, I put up my shingle and said, okay, I'm here to help you. And I love what I do. I make a positive difference with what I do. And it's really cool because a lot of companies don't know there is a solution when it comes to working with people. They have this give up attitude that it's just the way it is. Which totally makes sense. So today we're going to talk about you've got a new book. It's called Hire Amazing Employees, How to Increase Retention, Revenues and Results. And generally speaking, People have two different concepts. They have what's known as a perceived problem and a real problem. So what is the perceived problem that companies, HR managers uh, are finding with the marketplace right now? What are they not getting? Well, the perceived problem is there's not enough good qualified employees out there. The perceived problem is I can continue doing what I have been doing, which is instinctive gut intuitive type hiring and using other nefarious practices that we can talk about a little bit later. And we don't understand the impact that that has. So that's what the issue, the the perceived issue is. I don't need to worry about that. So that's the perceived problem. So we understand what the perceived problem is, but what is the real problem? What's, what are they missing as far as finding and retaining good employees? Well, the number one issue is there are a lot of good, qualified people. There are people wanting to work. And unfortunately, our unconscious bias is getting in the way. Uh, We rely a lot on our gut instincts, which I mentioned before. And we forget that when we 
use our intuition or gut to make our decisions usually is based on our gut reaction. And let me give you a couple of examples here to make this even clearer. So the very first thing that we do um, to select those people that we're going to interview is we look at the resumes and the resumes determine, oh, this this looks like a good candidate here. Oh, this one over here doesn't. And we base it solely on that. Here's the problem. The reality is 85% of those resumes have inaccuracies or lies on them. We then uh, use that resume to bring in people. And then when they come in, we normally make our decision within the first four to 15 minutes on whether or not this is the right person. And then we spend the rest of the time justifying that reaction. And then the last piece that really um, is the real issue here is that we rely on the interview, solely on the interview, 90% of the time. That's a Harvard Business Review stat. 90% of the time to make that decision. And what's lacking is that we're not collecting valid, objective, and reliable data. The other piece, and this is the other real piece that I think a lot of people either aren't present to or in, are in denial about, is there was a posting on LinkedIn yesterday that just captured it perfectly. And this was a, a job candidate, and she had been ghosted by employers. Like, huh? <laughs> they complain about, you know, there's not enough people, and yet they're ghosting job candidates like huh and she really made a great point and it's a point that's also covered um in my book is that we forget that these job candidates that we're not treating in an equitable fair manner in ghosting are could be and many are in positions later on to become customers or not to award contracts or not to award awards or not. And in fact, there's a a true story about a woman who was working for a company, I'm sorry, was looking for employment as a purchasing manager. And uh, the company said, oh yeah, no problem. Uh, You're the one, we'll have you a job offer in two weeks. Well, you know what? Two weeks came and it went. And nothing, she called back, nothing, you know, crickets, right? And so she went and got another job. Well, guess what? This employer, her new employer, was in a position to say yes or no to this company. And she told them, if you can't even tell a job applicant no or say yes and follow through, why would we give you this type of a contract? And they didn't get it. So a lot of times we forget the impact that our hiring practices have on our business now and in the future. Mm -hmm. That's a great point about, you know, people talking to people and not just looking at people as commodities, you know, especially in today's marketplace. It's it's very different than it used to be. And you see all these commercials for things like uh, Indeed and, 
you know, it used to be monster.com and things like that. And I'm guessing just jumping on those and posting a job and, and you're going to get the great candidate that they show you in no time and it's not going to cost much is probably not the solution that people need. I'm guessing there's a little bit more to it than that, right? Absolutely. Um, too often we just, I mean, I've seen ads out there which are pretty basic. <laughs> Looking for a job, come talk to us. It's like, huh? <laughs> it's like, why would I, right? And then there's these other ads on the other side of the spectrum that are so long and lengthy that it's like nobody, I mean, nobody's going to take the time to sit and read through all that. And if you list, you know, like a hundred qualifications that they must have that nobody has, by the way, but they think that they have to have, all applicants do is think, hmm, I don't have that, so I'm not even going to apply. Or you know what? I'm going to apply anyway. And guess what? Because their filters are set such that you have to have more of these skills than not, uh, they don't get selected. So again, it's it's like a crapshoot. It really is. It's very sad. It doesn't need to be that way. But unfortunately, a lot of these systems are not set up to be customer friendly. Absolutely. So in your book, you talk about the solution as three basic parts of a triangle. So what is the real solution to this? I mean, how do people overcome, you know, the, the what looks simple to get more complex? What do they need to get in their headspace to be able to figure out? Well, first, um, because people, many of your listeners are business people, they need to get real about the cost. Um, it costs anywhere from 17000 to 240000 And that's according to, and that's per hire, per bad hire. Um, that's not a collective, that's per person. Um, that's based on various studies and surveys. So that's important. I think you need to understand that there's a huge loss of productivity, but there's also a loss of top talent because other people are tired of trying to train your bad hires and a loss of customers because they're tired of trying to train your bad hires as well. So the solution is to get real about the cost and the impact that that has. The other piece is to get real about an interview and look to see, oh my goodness, 90%, well, you know what? There's a better way of doing that and making the, the interview a third, the assessments a third, and the due diligence process a third. So that's the solution is putting your mind around that and understand that it's a system. And if you have a system that's well-designed, guess what? Mm-hmm. You, you're just naturally going to reduce turnover. You're going to improve retention. You're just naturally going to improve your results and attract better customers. It's just how it works. Yeah. And what I have found is a lot of times when you're hiring better qualified people, as opposed to the warm body syndrome that a lot of companies have, feel that they've had to resort to, this, the, the thing to remember when you're thinking about the solution is that a top talent, somebody who's well-qualified, who fits the job, is three to six times more productive than somebody who just takes on the job to take on the job to pay their bills. And 
I love systems. And so can we dig into that process a little bit deeper? What, what do we need to know about the interview assessment and due diligence? So in the selection triad, we want to look at interviews as only a third of the hiring decision. We want to look at assessments as one third of the hiring decision. And then we want to look at due diligence as the final third of a piece of the hiring decision. And what we want to do is give them equal weight. And, and this is critical, we want to collect valid, objective, and reliable data. So if you remember nothing else, remember those words, collect valid, objective, and reliable data. So that's really important. The first piece is your interviews. So set them up as structured. And why structured? Because number one, it's legally defensible. And number two, if you follow the same structure, you know, ask the questions in the same order of every applicant, you're able to compare objectively different candidates that will improve the quality of who you select to move on to the next part of the process uh, in the interview system. The other thing to keep in mind, and this happens way too often, and that's why I feel it's important that I mention it, is a lot of times we like to ask questions that we infer who they are. So, for example, um, one of the favorite questions is, what's your favorite color? Uh, another question is, what's the most recent book or your favorite book? Again, you're, unless you're a book publisher or you run a paint store, uh, neither one of those are really appropriate questions to ask and can get you into some legal trouble. There's a story about a woman I talked with years ago who had interviewed a candidate and she asked the question, what's your favorite book? And he said, Jaws. And she shut the interview right down. And I go, oh, why did you do that? She goes, because he's an angry guy. I said, well, what do you mean he's angry? Did he come across as upset or no, 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 no. Jaws is such a dark book. And I just shook my head. I mean, what can you say, right? So that those kind of situations when you're when you're asking about colors and books and other things that we do, those are just two very small examples, uh, will get us in trouble. And they keep us from finding top talent, people that will fit the job. So if you use a structured interview process, you're looking for can they do the job? Will they do the job? And can they be successful here in this environment? That's a great way to get started. The second part, the second one-third part, is using job fit assessments. There's over 3,000 publishers of assessments in the market today. And only a handful have been validated in compliance with the Department of Labor for pre-employment use. So a lot of the people out there are using tools, assessment products that they love that are really designed for training and coaching. They're not designed for job fit. They have not been validated for job fit. They don't meet the minimum standards for validity and reliability. They don't have predictive validity and they also don't have a distortion factor. So when you're out there looking for what assessment will improve my hiring results, that's another place to look. Am I using a qualified tool 
or am I using something that's just fun to use and, and I enjoy it? And there's a lot of people that have done that. With skills assessments or skills testing, it's a great way to find out what their skill set actually is. A lot of people today are getting cert certifications. They're becoming certified in how to use Excel or how to use QuickBooks or things of that nature. But that doesn't mean they actually know how to use it. They knew how to take the test and get you know, their certificate. So what you want to do is use a skills test. Then you know the exact level of their skill set, but also you know where you need to focus time and attention and possibly money in providing additional training. And then last step, but not least, is due diligence. And I just shake my head. It just seems like the last five to 10 years, a lot of employers have gotten away from doing due diligence. I don't understand why. Uh, white collar crime is on the rise. Fraud is on the rise. Uh, a lot of people, you know, all you have to do is turn on the TV and you'll hear a lot of different stories. It just, it's just awful, you know, that happen in the workplace. So what you want to do with due diligence is not rely solely on background checks. Now, background checks are important, don't misunderstand me, but they're only a small part of it. A background check is focused on what the candidate has done on the in the past and what the employer pursued. There's a lot of people who have stolen money they have stolen data, proprietary information. Uh, they've never been prosecuted. So there's no background check on those. So what you want to use in addition to a background check is what's called a core value assessment or honesty integrity assessment. These can help you predict what they might do in the future. And a good one would also tell you what they have done in the past, but uh, is not in any public record. And then, of course, you also have employment verification, education verification. And it's surprisingly to, surprising to me that how many people lie about their education and then they also lie about the company that they work for. There is no such employer. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, unfortunately uh, <laughs> it's the world we live in today where you can make up a persona online and actually start believing it Correct. but yeah so when we get down to uh brass tacks uh somebody who's followed this can you talk about a success story or outcome where you know they've employed you or they've used your methodology and what happened well i worked with the company several years ago that we did this entire process and it was it was great we had reduced their turnover from around 100 percent down to about 42 percent but it wasn't enough. They wanted to go even deeper. So we put together a strategic hiring system as outlined in my book. And in six months, they went from 42% turnover down to 26% turnover and saved the, saving them a quarter of a million dollars. And the people that they hired actually stayed longer and were more productive and their revenues also increased. Wow, that's amazing. So, hence the title of your book, They Increase Retention, Revenues, and Results. Exactly. Funny how I found that. And I think that's important to remember because we forget that our results and our revenues are in direct relationship 
to the quality of people that we hire. And there's a lot of good quality people out there. So please don't misunderstand what I mean by quality. I mean, job fit. Mm -hmm. So a person, you know, might be a high quality person, but you put them in one job and guess what? They fail miserably. You put them in a different job or a different company and they succeed brilliantly. It's really a matter of job fit. Right. And uh, no question about it, trying to find those people, attract those people is a, a whole nother podcast. Um, that's that's something that we'll talk about <laughs> later. This is after you've identified them and got them into the interview. But I'm sure my audience is going to want to learn more about you and your book. So if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can go to my website, sidco.com. That's S as in Sam, E-I-B as in boy, C as in cat, O. Dot com, or they can give me a call, 303-917-2993. Excellent. Well, Jeanette, thank you again for coming on and dropping some sizzle and hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. I appreciate you, your insight, and I'm sure my audience does as well. So thanks again for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon. <laughs>